We are sitting in our bed with sharing a microphone recording this right now. I didn't know you were going to share that part. <laughs> well, we the rest of the episode we recorded earlier today in our office. Our office. Yeah, but now we're just tired and exhausted and getting this last bit in, sitting in our bed about to pass out. <laughs> but yeah, earlier we were in our office at the school building. Yeah, so that's been a really exciting, very recent development. Um, we actually hired a Malawian to homeschool the kids for me. Um, her name is Etta, and she's been great. And that's freed me up to do some more work for the mission. Um, Josh gives me a lot of the creative jobs, which I love. And it's just been... And women's ministry. Right, and the ministry, and, women's ministry stuff. And what we kind of call guest services, which we'll talk more about having guests later in this episode. Uh, um, all kind of your your shindig now yeah yeah so i'm so excited and i mean just that we have an office is even new just for you too yeah yeah the room before was uh our colleague isaac's room but he got married so we got the extra room back to uh (laughs) have a place to get away from the house and actually get some work done which has been great Uh, especially over the last few I don't know, like the last month has been really busy, busy time because we've had all this pastor training going on. You and Isaac taught for like four weeks straight, didn't you? Uh, three and a half weeks. So we had the residential students come in for a week and a half intensive in order to we had to send them home in january uh halfway through the term because schools closed and we thought this is not going to end well this year is just because of covid because of covid because of covid surge and um we thought this is going to last a long time it's going to We just don't know how this school year is going to end. And thankfully, it turned around, which is what this uh, podcast episode really is about. So we brought them in for a week and a half, did an intensive, finished out the year. The next week, we had pastors in... Did we go Lower Sheary or Zamba first? Lower Sheary first. Okay, I don't even remember. It was so crazy. I do, because when you go to the Lower Sheary for a week, that's not a fun week yeah. in the South. So we went to Lower Sheary and trained pastors. We had to split them into two groups, and each group got a day and a half. And then we came back here the next week and did the same thing, two groups, day and a half in Zamba. And it was just me and Isaac teaching basically all day, almost every day with, you know, weekends uh, for three and a half weeks. And it was exhausting, but we're just thankful that we got to do it. We thought this year was looking a lot like last year, but it's changed so much so, so rapidly. Yeah, which has been such a blessing. I'm Josh. And I'm Stacey Lee. 
missionaries in Malawi with Gospel Life Global Missions. And this is the Gospel Life Podcast, where we talk about missions, Malawi, and more. In this episode, we give you an update on how things were going in 2020 and what we're looking forward to in 2021. Everyone is always talking about what a long year it has been. Yes. And it was an incredibly long year for us in Malawi. We began this COVID journey a little bit later than everybody else in the U.S. Almost exactly a year ago now. Yeah, I think it was in April because Mm -hmm. we we were on... Uh, a little trip, and we were at a lodge when we got the first cases. No, remember Malawi. it was in March when you let me go to Zomba Forest Lodge by myself. And oh, it was that yeah. weekend that they shut down schools, but we hadn't had any cases yet. Yeah. That was March. And then April, we had our first cases. Yeah. So a year with COVID-19, and now maybe, Lord willing, we'll see. Uh, Things seem to be improving, fizzling a little bit. Yeah. And and we're starting to feel, should we say, hopeful? I'm very hopeful. This extroverted Enneagram 7 is beside myself with the idea of getting to have guests again, finally. Yeah, so it was kind of a lonely year. Yeah, it was. Which COVID never got very bad here. Um, It was real mild this time last year when it was really bad in the U.S. And then we got another way. It almost completely went away toward the end of the year. And then we got another wave after Christmas and the first part of this year. So we had our worst time in 2020 during like June, May, June. They, we got a lot of cases, but nothing compared to the U.S. I no. kept telling my parents, oh, we have this many cases in Malawi and Malawi is a country of about 20 million people. And they were saying, well, we have that many in our county in in the U.S., which has much less people yeah and but then uh in december is when the south african strain variant uh became dominant in south africa and then all the malawians in south africa came home for christmas or were deported or were deported from south africa they were deporting hundreds and and they brought it the new variant back with us and then we got more cases than we had had ever before in January. Mm -hmm. And we were very pessimistic then. Yeah. But even then, I think it only got at its worst up to what, maybe 7,000 active cases in the whole country. Yeah. It wasn't that, that much, but it was a lot more than it was before. I was expecting it to just be an avalanche of cases because people weren't social distancing. They weren't wearing masks at all. There was no behavior changes, but it just fizzled. Yeah. It's been plummeting for a couple of weeks now, at least. And there's all kinds of theories and discussions on why, uh, Malawi hasn't been hit as hard as other countries, but uh, we're just thankful. We don't we don't really know why. Didn't you say you read an article about 
how it's plummeting in South Africa and they really don't know why. Yeah, South Africa too had the variant and it rose in December and the first part of January they were ahead of us, but then it just fizzled there too and scientists kept saying, we don't know why. We have no clue why this didn't get worse than it did, but uh, we're all just thankful that we're at the point that we are. It hasn't been the vaccine contributing to that at all here. We just got the vaccine here, what, like last week? Yeah, no, it it was two weeks ago, I think, that they started the first vaccinations. And so the the plummet in cases preceded the vaccine coming. And I honestly don't know from talking to people how successful they're going to be in vaccinating people. A lot of Malawians are very skeptical. Really? Yeah. So everything from we've heard it's the mark of the beast. So I actually preached a sermon about how The vaccine is not the mark of the beast by comparing what the mark of the beast is in Revelation to Mm -hmm. what we're seeing. Um, To we heard that rich people in the West are trying to kill Africans by putting poison in the vaccine. There's all kinds of things being passed along on social media and WhatsApp and everything that uh, are just causing a lot of people to be very wary of taking the vaccine. So I just don't expect them to be very successful in mass vaccination unless Mm -hmm. they use some sort of force. But I really don't think that would even be a successful tactic in in our country. No, I don't think they would resort to that anyway. Yeah. So um, we're, we're just thankful so I keep thankful. saying thankful, but we're so thankful that yes. things are 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 looking up, that we're looking more and more hopeful. And but we have had some some hard times. We lost um, one of our our partners, our medical partners, to COVID in January. And he's a doctor that had worked with us for. A lot of years. I think maybe even since 2012 or 2014. When Eric and Stephanie very first started doing the clinics, right? Yes, but um, we faced that loss and we've done what we've had to do. And in April, Lord willing, we're going to start the clinic ministry over again and kind of have a new... um, new partnerships that we've formed, new direction that uh, I think the Lord is going to use in a in a great way, um, despite the heartache that we went through. Yeah. Yeah, we're really excited about it. Yeah. So just this week, I was having trainings for physicians in two locations that are going to work with us, telling them how our clinics work, uh, communicating to them the best practices for those clinics that we Know, for example, don't want to give out a lot of antibiotics. We want to make sure people uh, have symptoms in order to get, you know, the medicines that that they give out. Because and, here, antibiotics are just given out like candy. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, really bad practice when it comes to antibiotics across the country. But we have some young, just out of school uh, doctors and clinical officers that are going to be working with us. And they're they're eager. They want to do a good job. They're already telling us things that we can 
can do better that they'd like to see in the future. And so it's really exciting to see um, how we're, we're going to be starting to move forward and moving past this pandemic and yeah. into a new era. And probably the most exciting part, at least for me, of clinics happening again is that Kiki's coming back. Yes. For people who maybe just tuned in, maybe they need to know who Kiki is. Kiki is our friend and um, colleague. Colleague, and she runs the medical clinic side of things. But she's been gone for over a year because of COVID. Yeah. Um, she was supposed to come back last April, and then COVID hit, and she didn't. And then she went and fell in love. So now she's not going to live here for part of the year like her original plan was, but she's coming back for a couple of trips a year for clinics, and I'm so excited. Yeah, and she's excited too. I've been yeah. messaging with her all the logistics and everything that we're working on, and um, she just keeps saying, I'm super excited, I'm yeah. super excited, which of course is a very kiki thing to say. It is, and by fell in love, I mean got married. Yeah. Um. So we're, we're really excited for her even though yeah. she's left me really really <laughs> blessed to continue to have her partnership um, even though she's got this new family life um, that's gonna be uh, so great as well um, and of course with her is coming my mother-in-law your favorite mother-in-law my probably my favorite person in the world is my mother-in-law <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. I can't wait to see my mom. It's been it's been almost two years since they visited. Yeah, so my parents and your mom visited back in June or yeah. July. June, June of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, they didn't come all last year. And now finally, your mom gets to visit and see how much the grandkids have grown, which is crazy. Insane how much bigger they um, are. And then hopefully, Lord willing, my parents will be able to come sometime later in the year uh, since we're not heading back to the U.S. for a stateside assignment until 2022. So we really... Next year. Next year which is also crazy to think about. But um, a it's, lot of things to look forward to. Yeah, it's like as soon as the calendar flipped over to 2021 and we could officially say that we're going back to the U.S. next year, even though it's really a year and a half away, um, my, my brain has just done something crazy. Yeah, uh, no, and it, it really will be here before we know it that we're that it's 2022, uh, Lord willing, and around the month of July to December will be in the U.S. And I mean, already I'm scheduling visits with churches. We're making plans for um, updating people about our work here and visiting supporters and stuff. And we just have to get all that stuff on the calendar, yep. even though it's already you know, still a year and a half away or less, maybe a year and few months away. Yep. If you're listening and you're a pastor who wants to have us or just Josh um, come to your church next year, then don't wait. Because like you said, he's already starting to book up. Yeah, I mean, we only 
have about 24 Sundays in the U.S., and so that's 24 opportunities to visit 24 churches, and um, and it's filling up already. So six months sounds like a long time, but 24 Sundays sounds so short. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's not a lot of time to see a lot of people and and tell them about what God's doing here. So yeah, some of the churches we're going to visit as a family and make kind of a trip out of it, and then I'm sure some Josh will visit by himself. Yeah. And of course, you know, stateside assignment or furlough or home assignment has all kinds of different names. Mm-hmm. Um, is is just an important time also for obviously connecting with supporters, but also just letting our kids remember where they came from. Yeah. And connecting with their home culture and kids from their home culture. Mm-hmm. We're going to have, this is this was absolutely crazy when we realized that when we go back next year, we're going to have three kids in the youth ministry yeah. at Hardin Baptist. Um, we'll have two in the middle school and one between middle school and entering high school yeah. while we're there, which is insane. It'll be fun for them to go to camp with the youth group and do all the youth groupy things that they just don't have here and mm-hmm. uh, deepen those friendships uh, with other Christians their age. It's really important. Yeah. And of course, being spending time with family as well. Yeah. Is huge. I remember when I was visiting churches before we moved here, I met one woman who was grew up as a missionary kid in Central America, like Guatemala or Honduras or something. And I asked her, whenever I meet former missionary kids, I ask them, like, what can you tell me as a parent of missionary kids? Like, what can what do we need to make sure to do well? And she said that her family just kept skipping furloughs. Like the work was so important that they just kept skipping and skipping and Mm. skipping. And so then she had barely been to the U S by the time she went to college and moved back to the U S and it was just incredibly difficult for her to make that transition back into, um, where she was from because she just hadn't had those experiences. It's crazy to me that, so our plan is to spend about six months back in the U S every four years. Um, mostly because it's super expensive to fly all seven of us around the world. And $14,000 is what we have to budget for that. Yeah. 2000 a ticket. Um, so what's crazy to me is that like the girls were, eight and 10 when we moved here and we only have this one furlough with them. Yeah. Um, with both of them. Well, the next, the, so Haley will be 14 next year. And then the next furlough we take, we'll be moving her into college. Can I throw up? (laughs) I know. I know. It's It's crazy. It's really insane to think about life. And who knows knows where that will be that she's going to college because she wants to be the president, an actress, Uh a a chef, a chef, Um, exercise, science, science person. uh, Yeah. Yeah. 
She's got so many dreams. She wants to like triple major in college and we keep telling her that's not really possible. And yeah. she's freaked out about it because she's really type one. <laughs> really firstborn. Very, yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, yeah. And then Taylor will go to college halfway through that next term. Yeah. So... So I guess, and Jude, you know, we we don't really know what's going to happen for him yet, but he's had such a fantastic year. He has, yeah. yeah. He has his tutor Grace, who's still with us. She's been with us for over a year now, and um, she's just probably the biggest blessing mm-hmm. we could have ever asked for. Yeah, he just clicks with her. She works so hard. She's not lazy at all. She mm-hmm. really pushes him, but in a gentle, loving way. And uh, he's using more words. He's learning a he's lot. He's reading. He's reading. Yeah. Uh, doing math. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just amazing the things that uh, he's been able to do. And part of it is COVID uh, because the method that we taught her to use They've had a lot more online trainings for that because of COVID. Yeah. And so she's been able to participate in those trainings, even though we're all the way on the other side of the world. Yeah. And that's been really helpful for her in knowing how to help him. Yeah. And if it hadn't been for COVID, they would they would have just kept doing in-person trainings in the U.S. that wouldn't have been available for her. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll just be stuck with boys. (laughs) Oh, what will we do when we just have boys? I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully they will mature beyond where they are right now. Let's hope. Let's hope. (laughs) They're sweet. They're the sweetest boys you could ask for. They are, but they are boys. And they (laughs) definitely do not think before they do. At all. At all. Mm -mm. And they just have this habit of picking something up in one part of the house and carrying it to another part of the house and just dropping it in the floor for no reason whatsoever. Yes. Yes. One of my most commonly used phrases is, is that where that goes? And the answer is always no. No, it's not where it goes. Um can can anyone out there just please reassure us that your boys do the same things that uh, that it's not just our children that they don't have some sort of yeah severe problem but that this is just normal masculine development i sure hope so <laughs> yeah they're um there's something else. We had, uh, since we're just kind of doing this crazy update chat today, mm-hmm. we had quite the event happen to us um, in the last year. Quite the adventurous couple of hours. Wait, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm talking about the morning that we were going to Blantyre and we had to become an ambulance. Oh, oh, yeah. Wow, that was crazy. 
yeah, the two of us were setting out pretty early in the morning to go to Blantyre, which is uh, our trip from us. It's the bigger city where we do all of our shopping and all that kind of stuff. And as we were just leaving Zomba, going through the first village, going around a curve in the highway, coming from the other direction, there was a car that just rolled right in front of us mm-hmm. off of the road Went down a- across the road across our side of the road you know to across and yeah flipped it rolled several down times. a hill and uh, and so of course we stopped i mean if we had been like two seconds ahead farther down the road they would have hit us head yeah. on yeah but we saw it all happen right in front of us and we i think we had a moment where we were like do we stop? We have to stop. We have to stop. This is serious. Yeah. yeah. And if you can imagine, emergency services aren't the most developed in Mm-mm. this country. I mean, we do have ambulances and stuff, but it's not it's not as easy as calling 911 and yeah. them coming straight out on, on their way. And since we're in um, a land cruiser, that's the same type of thing they turn into an ambulance. We became the ambulance. Yeah, people from the village nearby came running and they just started pulling people out of the car. And it turned out to be a man and two women. And they pulled them out of the car and they just brought them to our Land Cruiser. Yeah, and then I turned my flashers on and drove back to Zomba, to Zomba Central Hospital as fast as I could. And unfortunately, one of the women died either on the drive or uh, maybe she was dead when they put her in the Land Cruiser. I'm not really sure. Um, But then the other two, we don't really know what happened to them. Once we finally found... We we get to the hospital and there's nobody there. Yeah, I'm like running. We're both running in different directions all over this hospital property, just screaming, doctor, is there a doctor anywhere and there was nobody just a lot of people sitting waiting to be seen by a doctor but nobody because it was still fairly early in the morning and i guess the doctors just hadn't gotten there yet and finally a nurse showed up and he took them Mm -hmm. into surgery and we don't know whatever happened to them and then they just left the dead woman in the land cruiser and we were like um are you gonna take her too (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Finally, they did some paperwork and we took her to the morgue. And then we were asking someone to help us clean all the all the blood, blood out, of the- out of the Land Cruiser and nobody ever came. So then we got some bleach and and gloves, gloves and stuff and had uh, had our guards do it themselves. But it was it it was at the same time a very sad situation but also you know what if we hadn't been there yeah it felt so ordained that we were there at that second yeah it was kind of a last minute decision to go on this trip it was and we just happened to be in the right place at the right time we the lord wanted us there and hopefully maybe there were two lives saved because of it Yeah. The whole rest of that day, I just kept saying, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. No, we were in shock afterward uh, because we're just not, that's not our normal life. It was just so confusing and the adrenaline and then the letdown. 
Yeah, that was crazy. cultural tidbit, we wanted to talk a little bit about male-female friendships and relationships. Yeah, so we're going to talk in this podcast about a lot of visitors that might be coming, Lord willing, this year uh, to participate with us in ministry and learn about missions. And one of the things we have to teach people is uh, the differences between the way we interact with one another in the U.S., and the way that Malawians interact with one another. Not everybody, but I think a lot of people in the U.S. are just a lot friendlier and even more physically affectionate with their friends of yeah, the opposite I just, sex. I just say, especially those of us who are Southerners or Kentuckians, I don't really think of Kentuckians as Southerners. We're we're our own thing. <laughs> we're okay. a border state. But anyways, in that warm, what what some missiologists call a warm culture. Mm-hmm. Which would be the whole South. Yeah. We're very affectionate. Like we're, we're very huggy. Mm-hmm. We touch one another. Yeah. You know, even like in Christian circles, like we... When I was in youth group, the stress was you don't give a girl a front hug, you give them a side hug. Side hugs only. Like we have to have that conversation in our culture that because we are so physically affectionate with one another. Yeah. And you don't really realize how over the top we are until you come to another culture where that's not the thing. Yeah. Yeah. so here, men and women just don't really touch yeah, at all. Yeah, no, they don't don't touch. And, and really, in public, even spouses. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very strange, even for you know spouses to hold hands or anything. Like the women that that I work with in the mission, I just I don't touch them. No, at all. No physical contact. Mm-mm. I mean, you can shake somebody's hand when you meet them. Yeah. I mean, at church when yeah. before COVID, right. you you shake the pastor's hand when you leave and all the women would shake the pastor's hand. But that's very formal, like you know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you don't just see somebody you know and hug them on the street. No, not ever. Yeah. So that's that's kind of different for an American to get used to. And we were thinking about this because we have been writing out, when we have guests, we write out a lot of things that we think they need to know before they come. And that was one thing that we thought we should add to that list. Yeah, and like when you're walking down the street, especially as a woman, mm-hmm. if you see other women, you could greet them. You see children, you can greet them. But you wouldn't greet a man because he might make assumptions about why you're talking to him. A man you don't know. A man you don't know. When I'm walking through our neighborhood, I'll say hello or at least smile at pretty much every woman I meet just to be friendly. Um, But I just almost completely ignore the men. (laughs) On the other hand, one thing that's very confusing to Americans who come here is that within the same sex, you can be very affectionate. 
Yeah. So men will hold hands walking down the street, uh, and it's a sign of friendship. It's not a sign of anything else. That's right. Whereas for us, like if I if I just started holding my best friend's hand and walking down the street with them and talking, he would be totally freaked out yep. in America. He'd rip his hand away and just go wash it off or something because it would be so That's confusing. Weird. Yeah, it's it's weird. And it's you know, I've had Malawians grab my hand as they've talked to me. Oh and, really? And I I have to really fight the urge to just pull away, pull away because it's <laughs> so strange to me. But I know it's very meaningful for them. Mm-hmm. So I have to just brace myself until it's over. <laughs> but it's very strange. Women don't, though. It's just a man thing. Yeah, it's, main, it's mainly a men thing from what That's I've seen on the street and stuff. So if you come and visit us, that's something that you have to kind of learn to adapt to because it's just a different culture and and the things that we do in our culture send certain signals, but they're sending different signals in this culture and they're signals that the signals you don't want to send. Not the signals that you want to send. And unfortunately you could confuse especially girls could young ladies could confuse guys about how the feelings they have for them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there could be heartbreaks when they realize, wait, this girl isn't sending me the signals that I thought she was sending me. Yeah. And it can get very confusing. Well, and also um, like um, we had a friend here one day at church. She just like straightened another guy's collar there's a guy she knew and she straightened his collar, but he was married and his wife and like all the women, other women got really upset Yeah, um, about that because they thought that she was coming on to him or it was a sign that they had some sort of relationship secretly or something yeah. that she would cross that boundary and do that. Mm-hmm. And that was even a Malawian yeah. who had done that and she just... I think part of that was that she was more from urban culture mm-hmm. and she was crossing into a rural culture and there's even a little bit of a difference of what's acceptable in the urban areas versus in the village areas. Yeah. So we're looking forward to visitors. We've already talked about Kiki's coming in April and uh, in my mom, your mom is coming. And then uh, we're really excited in the latter half of May into the first part of June. I have two guys coming from our home church, Hardin Baptist, uh, one just finishing college and one is in one of the ministers in the college ministry. And they're going to just be coming to join in in the ministries we're doing right then, which is pastor training and also um, our church planting teams. And it's really for them a learning experience. We're going to be reading a book together and doing some mentorship uh, to kind of have 
the experience of missions, but also study missions at the same time, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a really valuable experience for them. Yeah, that's that's going to be cool. I think I think it really, you know, this isn't just a podcast about short-term missions in general, but I think it really is a good model for what short-term missions should be mm-hmm. uh, coming from the U.S. It really, the purpose of it, the most helpful thing it can do is be educational for the people coming. Yeah. Because the reality is we don't, I don't, I don't want people to misunderstand this, but we don't need people to come. Mm-hmm. Like we, we're going to do the ministries we're doing, whether people come from the U.S. or not. Like and we did last year. Like we did last year. And COVID shows that we just continue going. We never want to be the type of ministry that is just short-term mission trips. Like that's all we do. And we stop being ministers ourselves and become professional tour guides. Right. That just has a very negative impact on the work that we're doing here when it's so short-term mentality and not Mm -hmm. long-term mentality. And so the better model, I think, for short-term missions is this is for you to come and see what God's doing in another place, learn more about God's mission in the world so that you can be a better supporter of what God is doing through long-term career missionaries and mm-hmm. organizations and the indigenous staff that that organizations like us have. And that's helpful for us because it makes you a better supporter. Mm-hmm. And it's helpful for you because you become more informed and more realistic about what missions is and what the problems are we face and, and become more aware yeah, and for younger people too, I think it's helpful for them to decide is missions what I want to do with my life? Um, are, is what part of missions is God maybe calling me to? Yeah. So the, the college student that's coming, he feels called to ministry. He wants to, uh, and missions in particular, and he's wanting to do seminary after he finishes college. So this is a great opportunity for him to explore his missionary call and get an experience overseas and really see like, does he have what it takes? And um, and that's something that we're going to be doing a lot more of in the future in partnership with our home church. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell this publicly or not. <laughs> but you are, but apparently. Apparently I am. And Corey, if I was wrong, then you can just forgive me because Jesus said to. <laughs> <laughs> But we're going to we're going to be working with our home church Hardin Baptist and we have a lot of college students who are then going to seminary and we have a partnership developing with Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary where students can take I think it's 12 or 18 hours of seminary credit through our local church and so they'd be taking classes at Hardin Baptist but also to take their international missions class they'll be taking it 
here and we'll do like Zoom calls before they come and after they come and they'll have reading and assignments and stuff, but they'd be here for a few weeks where we're having time in the classroom and discussing the things they're reading, but also missions experiences going back and forth and debriefing on that. It's going to be a really awesome program, I think, for these young people who are discerning God's call in their life and learning really hands-on this is what missions looks like in a specific setting not that you know they're learning what it looks like everywhere because it's different in different settings but Mm -hmm. to really see it hands-on and do it hands-on and then debrief and say this is why we do these things and understand the the what and the why of missions. I'm pretty excited about it, if you can't tell. I can. And it feels so perfect for you. Like, you know, you're you're a professor and that's what you love. And you love teaching the guys here. But I feel like this is just another arm of, of expanding what you love is teaching guys who want to be missionaries and helping equip them. Yeah. And, and not all of these people will be people going into missions. I know some of them will have pastoral ministry. And of course, um, for whatever master's degree you're doing at Southeastern, or if you transfer to one of the other seminaries, you have to have a missions class. And I, uh, and this fits that, uh, that requirement. And so that if you become a pastor in the U S you need to be thinking about how your church is going to partner with missionaries and fulfill the great commission. And, um, and I think that means more than just sitting in a classroom and reading about it. It really helps to see on the ground, what it looks like and talk about that partnership between senders and goers. Yeah. That's going to be really cool. Yeah. And And go ahead. Then I am personally extremely excited about two uh, young ladies that we're going to have coming in August. Yes. Um, We have Kristen and Macy are going to be joining us for the next school year. So August to June. um, And they're going to be homeschooling our kids for me. Yeah. It's a really good opportunity for them uh, to come and help us and, and be... You know, missionaries, they they need supporters. So any missions organization has people that are on the field that aren't like the church planting missionaries, but they are missionary support. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so to have young women who can have a year long, almost a year long, 10 months, I think it is, experience in another country and learn about missions firsthand, but also support us in our work is just an amazing opportunity. It's something that we'll be doing in the future too. If anybody's listening and you're a young woman who would like an opportunity like this in the future, mm-hmm. like when you finish college or something, then, you know, it's a good thing free to, to get do in touch. like as a gap year after college. Yeah. yeah. And especially if you're interested in a missionary calling, it's a really good test before you go to seminary or something to see like, what is life like regular life? Mm-hmm. Because it's not, they're not going to have this two week go, go, go experience that a lot of mission trips 
Yeah, where everything you. is big God moments and working hard all the time. And yeah, this is day to day. Like, yeah, it's very different. Yeah. So it's, it's really an awesome opportunity for them. Yeah. We were only thinking that we would have one person. We got this idea from another friend in town who has somebody here homeschooling her kids. Uh, so we kind of put out some feelers and uh, Kristen and Macy were both interested. And the more we thought about it, we thought, this could be really cool to have two. You know, yeah. they, they're, they'd have each other as friends, and um, I didn't. It, they're homeschooling four kids, and so that is a lot for just one person. Yeah. Um. So I'm so excited, and it's really special. Kristen, um, when we moved here, we had two friends, Kristen and Adina, who traveled with us and stayed for two weeks, and they helped us with the kids. Obviously while we were traveling and then um, watched the kids for us for those first two weeks while we were getting settled in and buying things for the house and all that. And so Kristen came here with us and now she's going to be coming back and then going back with us when we go back for furlough in June or late June, probably. Yeah. So it'll be, it'll, it'll be full kind circle. of, yeah bookends there with Kristen. Yeah. And, and Macy, I'm so excited about, I've known Macy since the day her mom said to me, don't tell anybody, but we think I'm pregnant. Um, we are so old. I know. <laughs> Granted, I was only in like middle school then. Okay. But still, that makes me feel better. Um, yeah. So I've known Macy her whole life and her mom discipled me when I was in high school. And I'm really looking forward to a chance to get to spend some time discipling her. Um, and they're both just, just so awesome people. And I'm just, I, I'm just beside myself with excitement. Yeah. And we have others coming in July for the medical clinics then. And, uh, and hopefully it's going to work out to have a couple of doctors from the U.S. come and see what we're doing here so that their churches can support the, the medical clinic ministry, as well as we have a pastor scheduled to come in August. That's uh, Pastor Dallas from, from Bowling Green, who was the last pastor who came for pastor training in August uh, 2019 before yeah. all this COVID stuff happened. It's so the last and then the first again. Huh? Yeah. So uh, we're very excited to have him back and already talking to guys about coming in 2022 for pastor trainings. Um, and it just is after this long, it's like this long winter that we had last year, like all of a sudden everything's starting to green up and bloom and that there's just going to be all this activity in the mission. And I can't wait to see uh, what happens. Mm -hmm. We're so excited. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just, I'm thankful we had this time in a way because it really allowed us to invest in our team here. Yeah. And establish a foundation with the team we have in Malawi instead of getting just caught up in bringing all these people in. So now, like I was saying before, the people who come in are meant to support the work of the team that we have here that are going to be here all the time mm -hmm. and, and not replace them, but really support us and help us encourage us. Um, and so to be able to invest in establishing the team here during that year so that now it feels like we're ready. We're ready to just take off. 
Yeah. It's really cool. So we've been talking a lot um, over the last few months about our t-shirts. I think you wanted to give everybody an update on that as well. I did. So we've participated for three years now in the Forget the Frock campaign. And um, if you haven't heard of that, it was actually started by a friend of mine in Elizabethtown. And she was inspired, instead of spending the money that you would spend on new Easter clothes, which most of us do every year, to spend that money on a t-shirt that would support a mission organization and wear that t-shirt on Easter Sunday to show your support. And it's been growing and growing for several years now. And we have a lot of friends and supporters who have worn a gospel life shirts in the past. So we came up with a new design this year. We've been so excited. Um, it's my favorite one so far. And we just ended the batch of shirts that will ship in time for Easter for forget the frock. And we've sold 287 shirts and raised $1,708 from those shirts. So that was super exciting to see so many people excited about. That was that's more than double what we raised last year from shirts. Yeah, and, and it's so it's so nice to have people wearing those around the U.S. because it kind of does a double thing for us. Not only do you support us when you buy the shirt, a portion of what you pay goes to Gospel Life, but it also gets the name out there so that people's like, hey, that's a cool shirt. What's this about? And you can tell them, you know, this organization that I support, missionaries that I love, and you can help them out too so that, you know, we get the name out there and people broaden their support for what God's doing here. Yeah. So we're really excited. If you're listening and you didn't get a shirt, um, it's not too late. It's too late to get one in time for Easter, but it's not too late to order. Um, you can still go to gospellife.org backslash shirts, right? Yeah. And um, we have three designs to choose from and you can still get you a Gospel Life shirt. And it's just rolling orders like all the time so that, you know, people can place that order right. And then once there gets enough orders, they do the printing and ship them Yeah, I think it prints in batches every like 19 days, I think. So, yeah, get you a shirt if you haven't yet. Yeah. And then if you've already got it, make sure to wear it on Easter Sunday so that you can show people that you support um, uh, a ministry that uh, proclaims the gospel that we're celebrating on Easter. Yeah. Tag us in your pictures on social media. Use the hashtag forget the frock and we'll tag uh, gospel life go on Instagram or Facebook so that we can see it and celebrate with you what uh, God doing. It's time for everyone's favorite, favoritely named segment, <laughs> What You're Reading. What You're Reading. You, you were supposed to go first. I asked you first. Oh, oh, okay. I wasn't ready. Well, I was going to talk about the one I just finished and the one I'm currently reading, if that's All right. okay. That's fine, because I only have one book today. 
Okay. Um, well, I just finished from the uh, recommendation of a friend on Facebook, the book Destiny of the Republic by Candace Millard. And um, let me just say I'm so proud of you. This is not a book I would have ever chosen. I'm the one that reads like history and presidential biographies nonstop. Yeah. And then when you got this one, I was, I was, I, it was like <laughs> I fell in love all over again. <laughs> But she said it was so good and she was right. So it's about President Garfield, which I knew absolutely nothing about. Um, He's the one that had two different terms, but not right in a row, right? No, he was only president for like four months and he died. Who was it that had, was that Cleveland that had two terms like that? I don't know. Uh, I have to ask the kids because they have to memorize the presidents. So, um. Anyway, it was about President Garfield, and it also um, brought in some other historical names that you recognize, and it was interesting to see how those all tie together, um, and I was just, it was really well written. It was a fascinating story, and I'm so glad that just she Just a good it. storytelling history book, right? Yes. Those are the best. They are. And I'm currently reading, getting toward the end of That Sounds Fun by Annie Downs. Um, and that has been, <laughs> sounds silly to say, but a really fun read. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. And she's the podcaster? Yeah, she has a podcast by the same name. Okay. And then she wrote a book all about fun. And um, it's been a really, as an Enneagram 7, it's been a really good read. Um, you know, some reminders that like life doesn't have to be all fun and Um, there's just been a lot of little takeaways from it that I've really appreciated. And, and it's kind of reminded me that fun is a good thing. You know, I think I, I tend to get bogged down with life and not many of us, I think, prioritize fun in our lives. Some people prioritize it too much, but Some people, yes, but some people, especially those of us with kids and stuff, can can get bogged down with life and not prioritize it enough. And Mm -hmm. um, it's just kind of been a breath of fresh air to remember that fun is also important. So my turn. Yes. Uh, One of my guilty or not so guilty, I don't really feel guilty about it, but we always say guilty pleasure. Mm -hmm. One of my not so guilty pleasures is spy novels. Okay. I like a good spy story. And uh, so right now though, I'm reading the spy and the traitor subtitled the greatest espionage story of the cold war by Ben McIntyre. And it's a true spy story. Whoa. So it's about a Soviet KJ, KGB officer who gets um, converted to spy for MI6. And it's really, it's it's like the, the destiny of the Republic is just a really well-told historical story that really grabs you. And you're wondering, is this guy going to get caught? And what's, you know. So it's a nail biter? Uh, I wouldn't say it's as much of a nail biter as the fictional spy stories that I read. It's Uh not that action packed, but it's cool because it's real. Like it's not 
something completely made up like a lot of the other ones that I've read. So I love, I love history books because yeah, because you feel like you're learning something at the same time. Yeah. That's why that's almost all that I read, but you're always getting on to me because we share audible credits and you're (laughs) like, you can't use it for another history book. You have listened to so many presidential biographies. I'm trying to hit all the presidents and And there was a lot of them. How many Churchill biographies have you listened to now? I don't know, but you have to listen to all of them because they're all a little different. I don't know how there's that much to say about one human. Well, he was a very important human. Him and Lincoln, I listened to almost every biography about the two of them. So many, so many Churchill biographies in our Audible account. So (laughs) next time in what you're reading, I'll tell you about the latest Winston Churchill biography. Are you really going to read another one? No, I'm just joking. I don't know of another (laughs) one that's come out yet. But if it does, we'll talk about it on What You're Reading. You know, on our last What You're Reading, I just started the Elizabeth Elliot book. Yes. Becoming Elizabeth Elliot. And guys, I finished it and it's phenomenal. Like, mm-hmm. you have to read it. Yeah. You gushed about it, but I wasn't far enough into it really to say much. It's, it's, yeah. it's unbelievable. And even Haley has read it, right? Yes, I listened to it on Audible and I immediately bought the Kindle version so that Haley could read it. I've loaned the Kindle version to a friend of mine here and she loved it. It's just, it's incredible. You have to get that one. Mm -hmm. You've listened to it twice now. Yes, yes I have. Is that good, guys? Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Gospel Life Go. God provides for the needs of Gospel Life through your prayers and gifts. To become a prayer or giving partner, go to gospellife.org. We hope you join us in glorifying God by growing disciples who make disciples. We hope that you live a gospel life.